In a world where digital realms merge with reality and the boundaries between truth and illusion blur, a thought-provoking question arises. Which animation technique reigns supreme? Get ready for an enlightening adventure, delving into the strengths and weaknesses of motion capture and keyframe animation. Join your hosts, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, as they boldly confront the enigma, Is Motion Capture Better Than Keyframe Animation? Episode 2316 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast starts now. Welcome to another edition of the CG Insider Podcast. We're delighted to have you here today, whether you're a devoted listener or first-time guest. Our discussion topic for today comes from a fantastic question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com by Javen L. from New York. Javen wonders, uh, which is better, motion capture or keyframe animation? My name is Sean Johnston. I'm a professional CG artist and animator with over two decades of experience in the video games industry. And currently, I am a principal animator at a video game company based in San Diego. Welcome. I'm Bill Johnston, and I'm a gaming industry veteran uh, with more than 20 years of expertise and experience in 3D animation and digital VFX. I'm also Sean's brother. And by the end of our conversation, you'll have a deeper understanding of the distinctions between motion capture and keyframe animation and which method is more appropriate for the various types of projects that you might be working on because each has its own advantages and disadvantages and techniques you might choose uh, to use. And we'll get into that. Uh, But thanks again, uh, Javon, for submitting a great question. Uh, Sean, let's jump right in. Um, Sounds good. I know we've yeah. we've talked about keyframe animation before. I think we did a podcast specifically for it, uh, based on the twelve principles of animation. But uh, based, uh, uh, we we kind of covered the what keyframing is. But just to just to recap, it's basically the process uh, involves creating individual frames called keyframes, um, and that's def- defines the starting and ending points of an object's movement or uh, changes in appearance over time. You can use your you can draw it on a flip sheet of paper right on your desk or you can do it on the computer it's the same thing it's just you in the computer you've got the software that interpolates uh the frames between uh your key poses and, and creates smooth transitions based on uh, you're using either blocking out where you're using flat uh curves or using uh or using splines when you want to go ahead and polish it up but then th- that technique is is widely used in 2d and 3d animation as well as video editing software we didn't we didn't really talk about that at, at one point is, is you, you can use motion, uh, or I'm sorry, Adobe um, uh, Premiere or um, After Effects or any other program now with video editing and you're creating keyframes and they're blending things in and out uh, visually. And so it basically gives that animator um, uh, and video editors a precise control over those, uh, those objects and things that are moving around uh, and, and creates uh, dynamic animations, uh, whether it's text or whether it's characters. Yes, in the, in the in the last few years, especially Sean, mo, uh, you know, motion capture has kind of taken on a, a new, a new, a, a bigger role as far as uh, you know, become. It's a lot more popular uh, just as an alternative to keyframe animation, and it, it's as you mentioned, it's got its own advantages uh, and disadvantages. And uh, keyframing is still a popular and widely used technique these days uh, because you can create such high quality content with it. Um, you, you can with mocap too, but there's, there's other reasons why keyframing is, is, you know, can be a plus. Uh, we'll, we'll get to talking about that, but I just wanted to also uh, just mention um, that there, you know, of the, of the methods of main methods of animation anyway, and we're talking about two of them here, keyframing and mocap. Um, there's a third method of creating animation called a procedural animation. And we're, we're, we talked about that, I think, uh, back in podcast 2241, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 
So we won't be covering that here in this in this podcast. But uh, uh, we also just want to keep in mind that uh, there are no right ways or wrong ways to animate. Um, just because there are infinite ways to achieve motion. Uh, Exactly. And you don't have, you know, so there, there's, so what we're telling you here is, you know, there, it's just going to depend on your, on your individual circumstances, I think. Yes. And then just like my brother Bill here just said, uh, motion capture animation, also known as mocap animation, is basically just a technique uh, used to capture the movements of, uh, of real life actors or objects. And using that data of, of, of that movement based on some markers or markerless. Uh, you get to animate those characters in the computer. So it's basically capturing those moves, bringing in the computer, and you're either editing it right there, um, changing changing its you know timing or whatever. But basically, that's what it is, and it's it's just translated into a digital form. So you're as an animator, you can you can work on it in the in the 3D environment in the computer. Yes, and both methods have their unique set of pros and cons, and we'll we'll be talking about the pros and cons of each uh, as we get through the podcast. And you know, to answer which one is better than the other, it really is going to depend on the specific needs and, and goals of your project. Uh, for example, if you got a project that requires a lot of highly detailed and nuanced character movements, uh, then keyframe animation probably will be your best choice. Uh, you know, you as opposed to say on. Uh, Bocap, you know that that's that's normally used when you require a lot of uh, realistic movement. Um, you know, say like sports, you know, sports stars or an action action sequences and stuff like that, where humans are actually doing the the, the doing the performance. Uh, motion capture might, you know, in a lot, in a lot of cases, will probably be the best uh, solution for that. So it just really depends on what your what your project is and and the style and the, and and the characters themselves uh, uh, as well. So. Um, you know, the right choice is just going to depend on, on on the project. And oh, as well, Sean, um, it also depends on sometimes the preferences of the animators uh, has a lot to do with it. I know at our studio, um, you know, some anim- animators are just really into keyframe animation, and they do it really well. Uh, they're creative with it. They they have a lot of control. Uh, you know, and that that's really a thing. I think that a lot of animators like is they they're used to the, having that control. You don't get that level of control that you do from keyframe animation with mocap. So. Um, yes, I, I yeah. would agree with that. I, I, I know it, it probably was very contentious at the very beginning when people were, when mocap was not great. Um, I, I think early on it, it, it kind of had a, a bad name uh, because it just didn't look good. Um, I think when it finally started looking good is obviously when we saw um, Lord of the Rings and we first saw all of the the animated uh, creatures and, and, and humans and that where you had mass amounts of people running around in these massive battles, including horses and things like that. But you're, you're right. Get, you know, realistic movement, you're going to want uh, motion capture animation. And it basically the reason why is, it, like you said, uh, it gives control. It also gives um, the realist, realistic movement. Um, and, and, and you can't really, it takes a lot of time to animate um, because we're so used to seeing motion every day of humans, just like facial animation things. You, you, when you're looking at people's movement, you can kind of tell when something's off and it needs a high level of, of detail and accuracy to get it right. And that takes a lot of time. Um, there are some fantastic animators um, out there that can do it, but it does take a lot of time. So you, time savings uh, with motion capture, you can probably 10x that, that amount of output you can put if you can get uh, the animators to say, hey, you know what? Let's let's we're doing realistic uh, movement. Let's get that uh, mocap done and blast out a ton of moves, and and get it into the either your game, 
which I'm kind of leaning towards, not as, not so much uh, film. They probably already have that dialed in and, and know what they're going to be doing before the movie's even started. But cost effective. I mean, it, in the long run, it can reduce a lot of, like I said, labor intensive traditional animation techniques. So um, that that's and then flexibility gives you a wide range of, of applications. Like I said, and you can do film, uh, virtual reality, video games. In fact, we didn't really we have this. I think we may have even t- uh, touched on it one time. Sports performance analysts. Uh, analysis where you're 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 checking the gates of various uh, people who are who are professional golfers or you know uh, baseball players and things and, and trying to figure out what's going on with their their techniques to get a little yes, bit better. Yes, body mechanics exactly right, right. Uh, and then and, I think one of the another thing quick, quickly is if yep. you're using motion capture, let's say you're using you have a team of animators and you've got uh, they're working on different characters and so maybe they're sharing some characters. And they're doing different sets. Specifically, this is um, for video games. Each each animator has kind of um, qu- not quirks, but they have their own specific style of 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 doing animation. And they've got different things. And I can say, oh, that was that was this guy, or this 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 girl animated this one. And you can kind of tell who's animated which based on the animators. And if you're on a ted- tight deadline and you need to get stuff out. You know, some of those people are going to say, hey, I did the first set of these. Can you do and finish up that or help me on this this other set? And then you've got this inconsistency that's going on and, and you can kind of tell. Now, if you're doing motion capture, it's the same actor. You're basically, that's your base, that's your movement, and that's what you're going to start building on. And, and so it's going to have that consistent look to it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely, and and uh, with motion capture too, you you you're actually capturing the a, a real life actor. So if you you know if you you know that an actor you know how an actor walks or or what his gait is or or how he, what his mannerisms are, I mean you can that that's captured in the motion you know of the, of the actor when you when you actually you know capture their performance. And the other thing that you mentioned is, you know is you know the style of the animator and that's true even across studios you'll see different studios doing different parts of movies and you'll you'll you know they they put the they put them together and you you'll see one they they don't look at all the same um it's it's really an interesting phenomenon but but to the to your you know point about motion capture being you know being able to be shared between characters that's a huge time savings when you think about uh, you know, if the character's doing a lot of repetitive actions, uh, you know, or something like that, you could actually share the motions across different characters, like run cycles and walk cycles, and, and specifically maybe fight fight sequences, stuff like that. Those can be shared, and so you don't have to do a custom keyframe animation for each character, which is which is a big strength as far as you know the time of an animator and how how efficiently they can they can you know the, the amount of work they can uh, perform. Yes, um, and and I I agree for sure uh, that that uh, makes sense because. If you're sharing a lot of animations, um, it's, it cuts down on the overhead for the game engine, uh, having to ha- have this mass amounts of, uh, of assets that are, that are animation-based. Uh, and so you can, you can share those animations. You can have similar skeletons that are, that are um, retargeting now with Unreal. You can retarget uh, uh, different kind of different proportions. To, for, there's, there's limits to that on how well that can work. Uh, now with the new control rig, they're, they're incorporated into... Um, Unreal, I think that's going to help a lot. Being able to basically uh, pull the translation rotation of of a character's arms. Let's say if their if their proportions were slightly shorter, and your and your motion capture actor or your tar- your your basically base skeletons animations are, are to a different sized character that's more proportioned uh, like a normal human, 
you may get some pulling in weird ways or hyperextensions of, of arms and legs that don't look right. Um, and I think that that's, and now with AI and, and some of the, the control rigs and things like that, I think you may be able to take uh, care of some of that retargeting uh, in real time. But you're right, um, signature moves, complex dynamic movements from people who are trained to do martial arts, weapon experts, swordsmen, things like that, famous athletes like uh, you know Tiger Woods, those kind of people are going to have those signature moves and you're not going to really be able to get those signature moves by hand keying things. That will take you forever. Um, and then there's, of, of course, I don't know if you've heard the term bespoke moves. Have you heard of that? That's actually... Um, uh, yeah, I've heard of it. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, that's actually... Um, that's that, that's Those are moves that are tailored to an athlete's strengths and weaknesses. So you, it, it's helpful. Basically, uh, it's, it's somebody who's... Um, uh, it's kind of a subset of signature moves, but it's more, you know, athletic. This particular athlete can do those particular moves. That's what we want that person to be doing because they've got the most uh, athletic uh, strengths in that area. So those are kind of what they call bespokes moves. Um, and then uh, I think that's pretty much, uh, you know, of course, you know, dangerous environments, right? What about that? What about if you, you, you know, you want to capture some movements uh, in, in environments that are difficult or dangerous and, for those human performers, um, you've got this nice motion captured move uh, in a nice uh, open studio that that would be basically next to impossible or impractical to do it in real life, right? Yes, definitely. And uh, one of the disadvantages of that, uh, and we can get to the pros and cons of, of some of these things, but um, is basically um, the space you need. I mean, to, to have a motion capture stage, you, I mean, you need it. You need space. I yes. mean, you need it. You've got to put that that uh, volume, or it, I guess it depends on what kind of animations you're trying to capture. But if you're like riding horses and 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 uh, you know you've got big, big battle scenes going on with multiple multiple uh, you know characters being captured at the same time, you need a your stage has to be pretty large and uh, and you know it has to be quiet, has to be dark, uh, it has to be uh, you know temperature controlled. Uh, I, I mean it, it's it's a huge expense to have a motion capture stage. So that I think you know. That's why mostly most of the high-end studios, you know, do motion capture and can afford to do motion capture, uh, just because they have that kind of cash. It's not really practical. Uh, at least it hasn't been in the past to for you know independent filmmakers or or just you know, hobbyists to do any kind of motion capture. I mean, the tools are, and that's where the strength of AI is coming in to really really help creators and 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 people who aren't Hollywood filmmakers to, to make their own movies. Well, I think I'll have to using mo mocap. Yeah, I think I have to correct you just a little bit. You said dark. The, the rooms do not have to be dark, just so you know. It does. You, you can go to uh, Sony. Oh, because they're using infrared. They're using yeah, infrared, exactly. right? So it doesn't ah. have to be dark at all. It can be bright, 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 believe me. And I'm like, oh, gosh, how is it picking it up? It's picking up very, very, very well. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, the key thing about keyframing uh, animation uh, is is... I agree. It, it, you get that artistic control, and an, animators, you know, want to have that control over their their characters. And that's there's and and in gaming especially, there's people that do characters uh, that are bipedal, like human human people, and then there's people who just want to do animals or creatures, and, and they're just that's what they want to do. They don't want to do humans. It's boring because you see it every, everywhere, and it's kind of like meh. Um, that's, that's not exciting or, or, or sexy at all. I, I want to do creatures, things that you haven't seen before, something that I can just get into my, my, my um, you know, imagination of, of all my nightmares and start creating things like, like that. I think that, that is where um, I think, obviously, you can't, 
You can do some of that, uh, <laughs> you know, if it's bipedal in nature, you can use some motion capture on that. And I've seen where they've done uh, you know, larger people with uh, extensions on and things like that. But if you're trying to do um, big creatures with multi-limbed arms that are, that are like an octopus or something, there's no way. Um, I mean, you could, <laughs> so you're going to be hand keying all that stuff. Um, and so, but they've got aids for that. So you can, you can, there's some AI aids that do physics and help simulate that stuff. So it, it, it goes a long way. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch base on, on, I think, some of those tools uh, towards the end of the podcast. But, uh, you know, to your point of, you know, uh, non-bipedal creatures, uh, it, it, there's no way. I mean, if you, like you said, an octopus or, or even a six-legged, you know, a hydra. I mean, the thing that comes to my mind is the hydra from Percy Jackson. Uh, eight heads, uh, you know, wings and and, and uh, elongated body. I mean, there's nothing, there's no way to mocap. There's no creatures that you can... <laughs> Single know, bird. Exactly. Well, I, I mean, maybe, maybe, but uh, you know, it's very complex uh, to 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 uh, do apply any kind of motion capture to any animal that's not a quadruped. I think, uh, and have it look look real. And and of course, there's hybrid solutions. At least I, I think there's starting to be some hybrid solutions where AI is able to kind of jump in and kind of take over some of those, like you said, in the phys- area of physics. And and that's still a huge huge problem, I think, with motion capture, uh, and, and as well as keyframing, is that is it doesn't. It doesn't accurately capture the physics uh, very well, Sean, and I, I think that that still has a lot of a, a long ways to go. Um, and I think that's where AI is probably going to be extremely influential when it comes to to adding physics into into both keyframe and uh, motion capture. Uh, basically, riding on top of it to make the animation look a lot more realistic. I agree. It's very floaty. You'll see a lot of that floaty, non um, non mass. I mean, you, you'll see some weird. Uh, keyframed characters in some of these um, super, super, um, super, you know, like uh, Avengers or, um, you know, those kind of, you'll see those uh, superhuman moves where you're like, ah, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't, doesn't give me the right, um, you know, mass or momentum uh, for that. It just looks too light. It doesn't have enough impact. And so that's, that's where you have to get your, you know, your animators to, if they have the time, (laughs) <laughs> to go back in there and, and polish it up. And I think that's what we talked about last time is the fact that a lot of the, the CGI is getting, because of those demands on getting those moves, uh, are the CGI shots in every single movie and that's going up, 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 and you only have a certain amount of animators, you're, you, it, it's gonna, there's not enough time to make it look as good as you really would want it to look. Yeah, and I think, Sean, honestly, I think that's one of the problems that I'm seeing these days with a lot of the mocap is, you said, it takes, it takes a lot of time, and it's very expensive to do. And so I think there's a, there's a lot of, especially, you know, look at She-Hulk in, 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 in some of the animation in that, in that series. It's, it's, it's obviously subpar. They just, they're using motion capture, but they're not do, taking the time to polish. You know, everything needs polish. You have to, it's a phase of the animation, it's part of the animation phase. Uh, process that that, that it, it takes the longest to, to time to polish something. I mean, 80, 10, 20, what is it? Eighty percent of the work gets done in twenty percent of the time, and the last twenty percent takes eighty percent of the time. That's that's really how it works out. And so I'm noticing that people are relying too heavily on motion capture uh, in its raw form. They're not going back and doing the polishing or the cleanup. And I know that you know that takes time and and pe- it takes manpower to do that. And so, you know, that might be one of the drawbacks, I think, probably of motion capture is, is you know, is, is not, you know, not only do you need specialized equipment, but, you know, you can't 
there's there's a lot. We'll, I agree. We'll get, we'll get to yeah. Go ahead. It, yeah, it's similar. It, it's it's what you're saying is oh, let's just mocap it and and be done. Now people don't realize there's a lot of editing that has to go into motion capture because there's a lot of uh, jitter that goes on in that you don't it that they that the camera picks up or it, it's trying to it's fighting to get the the right uh, marker uh, correct and you've got something that flips around in a weird way. And then, of course, on the games, you, you want to create your, your loops, your runs, your walks, your you know, in and outs. And so a lot of that takes a lot of time to, to edit, too. But it, I tell you what, it takes a lot less time to do that than keyframing it from scratch. Um, so here, here's an example of some uh, you want to go. I was going to show some of the, the, the kind of example you're talking about where it does not work right and they didn't have enough time to finish. Um, will we have time to show that a little, little bit later or not? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. let's go for it. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to kind of give you, give you some ideas of some of the, the, the different types of techniques of, of, of motion capture. And just in case uh, you didn't know, there's optical motion capture. And, and that's basically the most common type of motion capture techniques. And that's, that's involved with what we talked about, multiple cameras set up to record that object. A lot of those are... Um, uh, the top ones are Vicon, OptiTracks, and Qualys, and those are those can be really hundred. They can go from thirty-five to a hundred, hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on if you get a, a truss or a rig that's set up on the uh, or if it's um, mounted to the wall. Then you've got inertial motion capture, and that's basically where you're using uh, accelerometers and gyroscopes and magnetometers, and so you you don't have any balls that you're ha on the top of you, any reflective balls, but you have it in the suit you're in, and so you can actually use those those motion capture um, solutions and we'll run outside. You can go inside of a car. You can, you know, in, inside, outside, doesn't matter. And, and you that's don't have cool. the balls to do motion capture. Oh, I like that. I like that. You're good. You're good. And then there's markerless, which basically is there is no marker whatsoever. And you're using pre-recorded data like uh, you, you use on your phone. We're using Snapchat and it's, it's looking at your and, and basically motion matching the character or whatever avatar you want to use on your mobile device that same thing and that's what it's doing it's it's tracking what your face is doing or your body and so those are kind of the three main uh, motion capture solutions out there and some can be very expensive and some can be kind of cheap so um yeah well why don't we go ahead and take a look at uh at some examples of some maybe some bad keyframing some good keyframing maybe bad mocap some good mocap. yeah this is one of my favorite is is um uh, I, this one from from the desolation of smog. This 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 particular is Benedict uh, uh, Cumberpatch or Batch, excuse me, uh, where he was actually acting as smog. They never used they used a lot of his facial, but they didn't use any of his body. But uh, in in this for motion capture, um, they kind of used it as a as a as a guide to to uh, what they were going to animate the the dragon like. Uh, but he he did such an amazing job. Uh, he even said he felt uh, kind of humiliated when he was doing it a little bit, kind of embarrassed. But he got into it, and he did a really amazing job. Um, that that uh, I thought that he did an amazing job on that one. Uh, yeah, the resulting uh, animation came out quite quite good too. I mean, it was a very impressive performance oh, uh, from, the, from the digital dragon. Yeah, Absolutely. this this is another one. Just this is good. Goodbye, Kansas has. They've done a lot of uh, stuff. Uh, Qualys. Uh, Qualysis is is from Sweden too, and so they're Goodbye, Kansas is based in Sweden, so they do a lot of of motion capture using their system. But in here, you can see where they're actually, uh, this particular character here has got a rope and trying to, to wrangle this horse. They actually captured the horse uh, with that system too. 
and and uh, beautiful. And of course, there's Motion Builder that I use all the time. That that's what they're using to uh, edit the motion capture. There, uh, I, do you want me to show one of the poor poor van, uh, poor examples of motion capture in use? Let's let's see it. Okay, so this is an all time. This is this is Food Fight, and I'm, this was released in 2012. And it's probably the worst example of, of CGI uh, motion capture I've ever seen in my entire life. And it, it's, it's, if you look it up on YouTube, you can see it as well. And this is what's so sad about this is Charlie Sheen, Eva Longoria, Hilary Duff, uh, Christopher Lloyd, uh, just to name a few of the actors that were in this. In fact, it was a $65 million budget. And it, when it was released, it only made 73000 <laughs> 706 bucks at the box office. It was a major, major flop. Terrible. You can see terrible. why. You definitely see why. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, I always thought, I, I always, go ahead. The, I was going to say fingers and hand, you know, hands were barely done. The feet were sliding all over the place. It was just the, the characters were just creepy as heck. Uh, but go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, the, the particle simulations and the, the cloth, I mean, I, I, it's all terrible. It's just awful. Yeah, it, it looks like it's from the 1990s. In fact, it looks, it looks that bad. But uh, well, here's a, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Nope, you first. Oh, I was gonna say I, I just wanted to show an example. Here, here's some. You know, here, I was talking about the quadrupeds. We kind of did, did a sidetrack on that. I just want to show you here. Here's some examples of some creatures that are key. This is keyframe animation. This is from uh, Sper, it's done by Sparisoft for Bioware, and it's it's uh, uh, just some amazing. I mean, when you look at the level of control and the the expressiveness that. So, I mean, that's that's not mocap. That's something. That's the quality that you can get through hand animation. Very nuanced. Very subtle motion. Very. Um, intentional, uh, just some some fantastic. And here's an example of, of yeah, non quadru. Well, I guess he's a quadruped. Come on, that's no cap. he's got a tail, <laughs> got a tail and 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 wings and stuff that he that need to be animated as well. And they all, you know, you don't get to see these creatures, so there's not really a ton of reference material, you know. So you and that that comes into where the animators' style comes in and their their skill to 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 get you to believe that that's how a dragon really runs. And and here's an example of non mocap horse, and, and as well as another mo- non mocap uh, creature. But um, yeah, just amazing sophistication that you can get with keyframe animation that you just can't get. Very highly stylized, which is why I really like uh, keyframe animation. I, I think I like it better than mocap animation, just because of this quality. It's the level of creativity that's that you need to to to, to animate these characters is 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 far that above mo- motion capture. I think. Yes, I I agree. Film film wise, um, I, I totally agree with you the, with the creatures and things like that. Yeah, you, that's not going to be done uh, very very well. But I tell you what, if you have realistic creatures that are doing some some running around and, and chasing you, and you've got a person that's hand animated, uh, somebody running away, it, it may or may not look good depending on who's animating it. But right. uh, just uh, I think we're we're pretty much at, at that end. Shoot, I wanted to show some more stuff, but. You know, uh, we, we want to thank you for uh, being part of our podcast today. We really had a great time answering uh, Javon's question, is motion capture better than keyframe animation? We hope you enjoyed our discussion and that you learned something you didn't know along the way because we believe it's imperative to learn at least one new thing every week, whether you need to or not. Uh, if you did, do us a small favor and share it around with some of your friends because word of mouth is the best kind of advertising. Hit that like button too because it helps YouTube's algorithm find other people like you we're interested in AI and CGI and VFX, because you are, and all that other good related stuff that's all around that, uh, that we talk about on the CG Bros, the CG Insider podcast. Uh, by the way, if you do uh, like these podcasts, uh, we do them just for you. And if you've got a subject you want us to discuss, 
um, just let us know about it by shooting over to our website at thecgbros.com and go to the About Us tab and click on the Ask Us Anything uh, drop down, just like Javon did. Yeah, we're always looking to improve the podcast as well and make it more interesting and useful to you. And so we need your input. You know, let us know how we did. Uh, you can do that below or, uh, you know, you can even go to Ask Us Anything and leave, leave a comment there. Uh, but if you do, uh, there's a good chance that we'll read your comment as well as mention you by name on one of our future podcasts. Uh, we also bring you a new edition of this Cutting Edge uh, CG Insider podcast every week uh, where we discuss everything having to do with computer graphics and uh and you know ancillary subjects that are related to computer graphics and uh, you can also find audio versions of this podcast on all major audio podcast platforms as well and if you haven't checked out the cg bros youtube channel yet what are you waiting for it's your front row seat for the most amazing cgi short film entertainment uh, created by some of the most talented new media producers and, and vfx studios out there today uh, you also find some cool breakdowns and behind the scenes and making of uh, as well as you mentioned, Sean. And we're looking forward to seeing you here next week uh, for that podcast where we'll be answering another great fan question. Can AI create 3D animation? Didn't we just talk about that? I guess maybe. You know, Sean, we well, were talking a lot about AI recently and it, there's, there's bleed over, of course, but we're, we're trying to keep when it. When can we not talk about AI? I don't, I don't think just... that, that those days are over. <laughs> See you next time. Well, that does it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, is motion capture better than keyframe animation? Thanks for being with us. Did you enjoy the show? We'd love to hear from you. Click the super thanks button on YouTube to show your support. Your tip helps us obtain more high quality content for you to enjoy. And leave a comment and thumbs up for a chance to be mentioned on a future podcast. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell for instant notifications when new episodes are posted. Share your videos with your friends on social media and follow us for all the latest news and projects. Want to listen to the audio-only version of the podcast? You can find us on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. And here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, become a CG Insider by subscribing to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, cgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure to join us for the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, can AI create 3D animation? We can't wait to see you there. This has been episode 2316 of the CG Bros CG Insider podcast. Thanks again for watching. We'll catch you next time.